0: You're listening to Managing Leadership Anxiety, Yours and Theirs, a podcast offered in partnership with Miss U Alliance. Each episode, we discuss internal and relational pressures, how they block effective leadership, and how we can move through them to a greater health. Now your host, S.D.A.L.S. Well, folks, uh, this is the last episode of season six, and then we go into a little summer hiatus. So I'm recording this in May, and uh, this will be released in May of 2021 and then we'll be back with you late August 2021. We've been working hard behind the scenes to book guests for the fall. We've got a great lineup. Also, coming up in the fall, back by popular demand, uh, a second uh, Aussie run. Nothing but Aussies for several weeks in a row. I mean, even now, you're losing sleep in excitement. I'm just going to catch you up on some things going on in my life, some exciting things that are happening. I want to kind of give a quick recap of the year that we've all had. But uh, one of the things I want to do is just give some shout outs to the people that make this podcast possible. Because the fact is that this podcast, the MLA podcast, it's a labor of love. And it's a group of volunteers, like this is not a monetized podcast. Uh, We've intentionally made that move at this point, at least to not chase after sponsorship and stuff. And that means that several of us volunteer our time because this is a passion of ours. So. Uh, let me just take a moment. I, the reason I want to do it now, and he, he, because so often these kinds of shout outs happen at the end and, and you don't hear them. I wanted you to appreciate these folks with me. So first of all, shout out to Brendan Reed. Brendan, who is my sometime co-host in the early days, did all the editing and a lot of the technical work. And then we just gave him a ton to do at church. So he backed off. But once in a while, Brendan comes on the show with me. And I always love it when it's he and I chatting together because he's a fellow family systems nerd. Uh, We coach these materials together in my church. So thanks to Brendan for all the work you did in the early days to get us started. And Brendan will most likely be back again in the fall for a couple of episodes too. Also want to say thanks to Chris Willis. Chris, who's my personal assistant. Uh, Without Chris, I would not be functioning most of the time. She keeps so much just organized that's coming at us. And uh, she puts a lot of time into scheduling guests, making sure the guests have what they need and then following up with them when we publish the episodes. And then she runs our volunteer team. I want to give a shout out to Eric Conyers. Eric is a member of my church who's actually an audio engineering genius. Eric has such a great passion for audio. We, we often nerd out talking about gear and music. But um, the, the fact is, uh, no, no shade on some of my guests. Uh, some of my guests uh, find themselves in less than audio pristine situations. Let's put it that way. And Eric's always incredibly patient and just has a real passion to get the quality as best as he can. And it takes a lot of time. Uh, Any of you needing some side hustle work for podcasts and things like that, it'd be a pleasure for me to put you in touch with Eric. I also want to shout out to Justin Heap. Justin, who I met through Missio Alliance, just an amazing guy and a really gifted graphic designer. He manages all the uploads and the design work. And also Justin, like Eric, is a self-employed businessman and um, has his own company. If you ever want to get good design, uh, I'd be happy to put you in touch with Justin. And finally, uh, one of my former interns, Rachel Parks, who came through the internship program at our church, got a full ride scholarship to Emmanuel uh, to do a Master of Divinity. And so there she is as a grad student, and Rachel manages our social media for us and just is one of the most cheerful humans I've ever met. So. Just wanted to shout out to the people that make this podcast possible. And as we're wrapping up, uh, as you can tell by now, uh, no guests today. I just wanted to share um, a couple of things with you, a couple of tools as you face the summer. And first of all, just a personal update from me. Uh, May of 2021, it was just a couple of weeks before Easter that uh, I shared with a congregation that this would be my final year as the full-time lead pastor of my church. God brought us to Discovery Christian Church in Colorado in September of 2005. And Discovery was this amazing young church plant, about five and a half years old, about 150 people or so, including kids, meeting in an elementary cafetorium. That's what they called it, an elementary school cafetorium in the back of a neighborhood in Broomfield, Colorado. And I'll tell you this. Lisa and I did not relocate our family. At the time we were interviewing, we were on staff at a really large church in Las Vegas, an amazing church in Las Vegas called Central Christian Church. The lead pastor there's Judd Wilhite, just a really fine, fantastic human being, Judd and Laurie. And before Judd, I worked under Gene Apple. Uh, he was the lead pastor when I got there. Just another amazing guy, amazing human being. I, when I was at Central, I just learned so much from from great leaders. And so Lisa and I, we moved from a church of about 8,000 where I was just one of many associate pastors and we jumped into being lead pastors. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, at that point I'd already had 10 years of ministry under my belt. Obviously, famously now, I had been a trauma and hospice chaplain. I'd also done work on a ranch for teenagers that would get in trouble and they'd need to move to the ranch to kind of sort some things out. So it was kind of a crisis intervention deal. In Las Vegas, most of my associate pastor work was crisis intervention in one of the most under-resourced cities in the world. So I had had some intense ministry experience, you know, not just, not just any ministry. I had really had a lot of intense ministry experience, but the leap from the associate role to the lead role, at least for me, felt like a canyon-sized leap in pressure, responsibility and expectations, not just expectations from others, but my own expectations of myself. I also think probably what made the leap pretty keen was going from a megachurch that was well resourced. You know, we had a communications department, we had IT, we had a catering department. I, I think back on those days where I would have an event and the staff on the church would just cook for it and have the room set up when I walked in. And going from that to a a tiny church plant of 150 that was portable and battling, you know, five years in, those of you who have planted a church five years in, man, it's tough. People don't say that enough, that, that it takes, you know, a decade or so to really get a church plant established. And even then it can be perilous so we came to this wonderful church plant five years in and lots of amazing people um but also lots of challenges and you know suddenly i'm the it department and i'm the photocopy tech and i'm the catering department right like when just a couple of staff members in those early days you do it all but we came for the people uh when we interviewed and were really praying lord are you really calling me to be a lead pastor it was the people we met where we we're like, man, these are the people we would want to do ministry with. And we locked arms, that was 15 and a half years ago. And when I wrote MLA, it was because I'd been teaching the tools in the Managing Leadership Anxiety book. I'd been teaching those in my church for about eight years or seven years at that point. And a friend of mine really challenged me boldly that, to publish it. And uh, as much as it surprised me, um, HarperCollins, Thomas Nelson agreed to publish it, even though I was completely unknown. You know, it had taken so much energy to really help our church get established. I really was not doing any work outside of discovery. I mean, I was networking, uh, you know, just, just the way that you know a lot of people in ministry, those of you who are in ministry. I was just another pastor that you probably knew, but I wasn't known as somebody who does systems theory and anxiety work because I'd kept that so localized to my church. So I published the book and amazingly... HarperCollins agreed to formally publish it, even though I had, I, I just laughed now because I had no platform. Like literally, before the book got published, there were less than 100 people in the world that knew that I specialize in this theory. And I, I guess what's also true is the act of writing the book really helped me forge the theory. You know, if if Brendan were here now and Some of my coaches that have been with me the longest, like Renee and Jimmy, if they had a microphone right now, they would say, Steve teaches it much better now that he was forced to write about it than before, like before I would teach it a bit more ad hoc. Okay, so the book was coming out and I didn't have an audience at all. And I understand modern publishing. The modern publishers really, it's rare that they put much marketing behind a book, especially a rookie author like me. So I understood the deal. They published me, they put their stamp, but I I would really have to market the book. And I don't like marketing. I don't like promoting myself. You know, My job as a pastor is to point to God. And so I was really wrestling with how do I do this and keep my soul intact. And so I remember listening to Ian Cron's podcast, uh, The Road Back to You and and the podcast he has now, Typology. And I thought, oh, what a fascinating model. He brings on guests to talk about his topic, right? Like the spotlight's on the guest, but he's still sharing his Enneagram wisdom through the guest. And it was, he, he has a great podcast. And so I thought that's what I could do. I could launch a podcast where we talk about leadership anxiety, but I'm really interviewing a guest. And I'll, I'll be completely blunt with you guys. I launched the podcast to create an audience so that the book would spread. As is often the case, the, the way God works is what ended up happening is I got connected to, you know, maybe a quarter to a third of my guests that we have stayed engaged with each other. So, you know, obviously half or more of my guests, they're very kind to come on the show. We have a great time, but then they go on the next podcast. But probably up to a third of my guests, I'd have to go back and count. We've forged in, in a few cases, some pretty deep friendships. Uh, I, I just actually one of my favorite guests recently was Dr. Wes Beavis. He specializes in ministry burnout. He has his PhD guys, in ministry burnout. If you don't know Wes Beavis, go back and listen to the episode. You'll even notice it on the episode. Like we're becoming friends, it's it's almost awkward. Coming friends live on the air. There. Well, we've we've since gotten together. Our uh, our wives have gotten together. Um, we're we're now just starting to build a friendship, and it's been amazing the, the the opportunity to get to know some incredible thinkers in the same field that i work in in leadership anxiety and pressure i'm thinking of people like uh, chuck de who I think is a national treasure of all the different things he can talk about. He's been on my show twice. I'm thinking about people like Rich Valotis, um, the whole crew at New Life Church, you know, Glenn Packiam and Andrew Arndt and Daniel Grothy, just these amazing people. Uh, some of my most recent guests, John and Amber Carroll, I think they're two episodes ago. You know, we connect on the podcast and we stop the record button and we just visit for an hour. So, you know, I'm, I'm being a bit rambly right now, but a couple of things I want to capture for you guys. As I'm just sharing my own journey. Number one, if you have, if you think you have a book in you, just go for it. I think the, the only thing that matters is don't worry about the outcome. Like if you if you're trying to write a book because you want to make a lot of money, don't write the book. But if you really have something you think would be helpful to the world, take the time to write the book. I'll just tell you, it's changed my life, and I know it doesn't change everybody's life, but that's my story. You know, I I, I launched this podcast in 2018. And so there was already a good decade of podcasting happening before I got involved. But I know in 2020, you know, podcasting almost tripled. Uh, Everyone in COVID decided to launch a podcast. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a podcast or a YouTube channel, just do it. Uh, Don't worry about the impact or the audience. Uh, Because what I have learned is I now primarily do this podcast so I can learn. So I can meet interesting people. And I have learned so much. Yesterday, I hosted a masterclass with Chuck, Chuck DeGroat, with my wife, Lisa, and with Dr. Allison Cook, three experts on a theory I know very little about, known as internal family systems theory or also known as parts of self. My wife's an expert in it, so is Chuck, and so is Alison, Dr. Allison. And it was an incredible thing that I just got to host a conversation with three really sharp people, we had a thousand people register for it, guys. I mean, it was a free masterclass. So, of course, we get a good turnout for free. But I can't believe, like two years ago, if you had told me that I'd be able to email someone like Chuck and someone like Allison and they'd say, oh, we'd love to do that with you. It's It's been amazing. So that's part of my journey. Okay. So my book came out in 2019 and quite frankly folks it had a really modest response as expected no one knew me and but it had a passionate response like we didn't sell many books but boy did we get a lot of feedback from our, our readers and it was incredibly gratifying and I just thought okay well this is amazing like I get to be a local lead pastor and I have this little thing on the side and so my elders and I started chatting I'm I'm under the authority of of a group of women and men in my church who are my elders and they're amazing people Uh, they're they're really a gift to me. And I know that not every pastor can say that. And I know what a gift it is that I can say that my elders are a gift from God to me. So when my book came out and people would, just start to reach out just, you know, maybe every other month or something, someone would ask if I could maybe speak or, or do something. So my elders and I really discerned in 2019 and early 2020, uh, what are we going to do about it? And so they, they kindly said, "Here, why don't you just chase some of that? Because it's good for our church that you're connecting with these amazing people. Like you always come back and you've learned something. So we just thought it would be what is often known as a side hustle, right? Like I'll do my podcast, I'll do occasional speaking And I'll be a full-time lead pastor. And then COVID hit. And obviously COVID shook all of us to our core. And the way I talk about COVID is it took things away from us and it gave things to us. Or maybe the better way to say it is through COVID, God stripped us of some things and God gave us some things. And I think in some cases, there's some aspects of COVID that have just been so hard I know with our church staff, you know, we were not online. We had a podcast for the sermon, but we were not live streaming video. Now we are a pretty sophisticated live streaming multi-camera setup where I know as people are coming back to our building, we are deciding to be permanently online as well. I know with our staff that with COVID, with temperature checks and contact tracing and all of that, it takes us like a third of the more time to do the thing that we could do quickly before COVID. Right, I know with so many key leaders, I don't think this is across with all of our staff and our church, but our key leaders, we have gotten probably four or five times more negative feedback in the last year than usual. Because we know that every decision we make about COVID or black deaths or political tension, which was really 2020 in a nutshell... Whatever decision we make and whatever we say or don't say, there's a larger than usual percentage of people that are so anxious that they're targeting their anxiety toward us. So COVID really took a lot away, right? And it, and it was a lot of pressure, but it also gave a lot. And one of the things that COVID uh, gave to me was needing my wife and I and our elders to really discern what to do with managing leadership anxiety because the requests through COVID escalated exponentially, uh, to the point where it could no longer be a side hustle. I'd either have to just turn down 70% of the requests, or I'd have to really look at my calling as a pastor. And I, and I know there's a lot of pastors leaving ministry because of COVID and because they're avoiding burnout or because they're burned out. But as my wife and I started praying uh, in the fall, and we asked our elders to discern with us, we really were getting a sense of God that I, I'm not running away from something. And by the way, If you resigned from being a pastor through COVID, you and I are fine. I'm not, I I don't, I'm okay. Like I think your emotional health is more important than what you do for a living. But also what I also know is there are tools, whether it's my tools or other emotional health tools that are out there, that can really help you navigate the pressures that you're faced in COVID. And that's really the second thing I want to say, guys. And ladies, sorry, ladies, when I say guys, I mean generic guys, as in humans. I know my long term listeners know that. But that's the other thing I want to say is COVID did not create the condition your soul is in. It just revealed it. And I don't say that to make you feel guilty. I don't say that to add any shame, but just for you to take a sober look at your well being. And what did COVID expose that? really has you challenged. Because even if you do change vocation, like maybe you're listening to this and you have gotten out of ministry or you're tempted to get out of ministry, or maybe you're listening to this and you're saying, if I could find any other way to provide for my family, I'd do it right now. I want to honor that. I want to Say that that's sacred space and someone like me has no right to talk into that. That's between you and God and your family and your leaders. But I also want to say, don't fall into the trap of believing that just because you get out of the ministry that those issues aren't still at play in you and that there are tools. I I provide tools. There's a lot of people that provide amazing tools that can help you dig a deeper well where you are more deeply tapped into God's grace, the love of God for yourself, You know, that gap that you feel between what you proclaim about the love of God and what you encounter for yourself, you can shrink that gap. And so for my wife and I, it wasn't a running away. And quite honestly, 2020 and late 2019 was a really painful year of ministry for my wife and I. We we had a lot of ministry pain that year. So we really had to discern, are we just running away from pain? But we really sensed from the Lord, no, the Lord is opening up a new door for us that we need to step out into faith. I've been the lead pastor of Discovery for 15 and a half years. I always thought it would be a 20 to 25 year run. And it looks like it's going to be a 16 to 16 and a half year run. I'm slowly going to be uh, turning over to somebody else to lead the church. And the most likely scenario is I will stay in a very limited role. I'll do a little bit of preaching. I'll support the next lead pastor. I'll do a little bit of coaching, but very reduced role. And my full-time vocation for the Lord is going to be Serving Christians who are leaders, serving Christians in the workplace, and the home place, with leadership anxiety. Um, As I've been saying since January on the podcast, I've launched an online community called Capable Life. And I didn't call it managing leadership anxiety because I've got more books that I'm writing and more tools beyond just MLA. So Capable Life, the first three letters of capable are C-A-P, and that reminds us that we can be calm, aware, and present in the workplace in the home place and so right now it's still a side hustle right now my full-time vocation is lead pastor we are now talking to candidates we've we've had applicants we've boiled down to uh the ones we're going to continue looking at and uh over the course of the next i don't know six months probably we'll be discerning the candidate and then uh, there'll be a brief transition and then we'll have a new lead pastor, and I will jump off the financial cliff from a steady paycheck after 25 years of just a steady paycheck from a church to becoming self employed. If my wife was on this show right now, she would be happy to tell you about the whole emotional roller coaster that I've gone on and what an incredible gift it has been to me to have to depend on God by faith. I think I feel a lot of financial pressure for my family. And just uh, frankly, our family is a bit behind in some finances. You know, pastors are not famous for being, you know, richly paid, and we've been a single-income family most of our marriage. And so, I think I've 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 approached this call from God with quite a lot of fear. And God's really been inviting me to trust God, uh, because I'm I'm going from that steady work to. Uh, just just so you guys know, I don't have enough work to keep me busy full-time in this. So it's not like I'm stepping off a full-time job into a full-time um, opportunity. It's that I'm stepping off a full-time job into an opportunity that if I don't put more time into it to help cultivate it, it will never get to where it can be. I think what God is calling me to do, and it, it just humbles me to say it, and I can't believe I get to say it. I think God has changed my parish From my congregation, who are profoundly precious to me, who I have poured 15 years of love and care into, and also 15 years of love and care into me. Uh, You know, any healthy pastoring is not one way. My wife and I have been loved and cared for by this amazing congregation the whole way through. And of course, what's also true is we've had some really tough people and tough times. That's, of course, true too, but overwhelmingly, an amazing congregation that's taken incredible care of us. So I think God's changing my call to no longer be their primary pastor and that now you're my congregation. My congregation is now going to be Christians who are leaders, faith leaders, church staff, pastors, but also business women and men and people in the medical profession, educators and parents. If you're a follower of Jesus and you are passionate about Being calm, aware, and present in the workplace and home place. I think God's called me to serve you however I can. I just wanted to catch you up on that. That's new. Uh, We told our church about six, seven weeks ago, and we think the transition will be, you know, somewhere between nine months and a year, probably, or or six to nine months. We're not sure, but it's slow. We're not in a rush. But coming in the fall, uh, I'll be looking for work. Uh, I'll be looking for organizations that I can serve. So I'll just let you guys know. I generally do workshops and interaction experiences for teams that last between two hours and two days. That's kind of my bread and butter. Uh, I've got a whole set of different things that I do. I'd be happy to send if your organization would like to do a two-hour workshop, an all-day workshop, a two-day workshop, anywhere in between. And I primarily do them on Zoom with COVID, or in person. So uh, my schedule is fairly booked right now, but in the fall, we'll have some opportunities for me to get on a plane. And so if you have an organization, if you have a business with a team that's struggled with anxiety, management anxiety, if you have relational patterns in your organization, I do very limited executive coaching uh, because I'm still a full-time pastor. But once I'm no longer a full-time pastor, I'll be doing more coaching. I also do one of my favorite things is like networks of people. So like, for example, if you have a pastor network or a denominational network, I love coming into your network and just spending a day with you folks and giving you some tools. Be happy to send you testimonials of what I've done. The other thing I'll just let you know is I'm making room in my schedule uh, starting this summer to take on two or three retainer clients where maybe you're paying me monthly to be on retainer or maybe we're entering into like a six-month agreement. So I have one of those right now where I'm doing six months of work just a few hours a week. I just tell you that because I might be coming to you in the fall and asking for your help. And it sounds odd to do, but I wanted to let you know that I could probably use your help as I wrap up that session. And then I just got a final thought as we approach the summer, a tool that I hope you can use. If you know of a podcast or, a, or somebody who has a large network or platform that you'd be willing to introduce me to as a guest, I'd be profoundly grateful. Some of you, in fact, probably most of you know who Kerry Newhoff is. And I'll just tell you, um, I don't know Kerry well. Uh, but I have spent some time with Carrie and he has been incredibly generous to me. At uh, bringing me on his show and having my tools exposed to his audience has been a game changer for me. Because I did not have a particularly big audience. And then I've been on Kerry's show twice and he has a large audience. He's probably one of the largest Christian leader podcasts in the world. And just getting exposed to his audience has really changed my life. So I know that one of the things that I'll need to be doing in a smart and appropriate and organic way is getting connected to other people who are connected to other people. So if you can help me with that, I would love your help. Secondly, uh, if you know of an organization that could use my help, I'd love to be connected to them too. My email, I'm just going to give you my email right here on the podcast. Steve at stevecusswords.com. That's it. Steve at stevecusswords.com. Dead simple. And uh, if I can help you, your organization, or if you can help me, I would be so grateful. The second request I'm going to make of you is if you've been listening for the last uh, you know, couple of seasons, you've noticed when we first started, we were pushing for you to leave a review. And that's because other podcasts did that. And I thought, okay, I guess that's what we need to do. And I wasn't sure why. So I stopped. So I have not asked you to leave a review in probably a year. So as we wrap up this season, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to leave a written review either of the podcast on iTunes, If you would you just take a minute on iTunes and just leave a review for folks? Or if you've read my book, would you consider leaving a written review on Amazon or Goodreads? Amazon or Goodreads. A lot of people leave a rating. So I have a lot of ratings, but reviews where you actually took the time to write would be re- a real gift to me. And what I've learned as I'm studying all this is just active recent reviews help Amazon and iTunes decide to promote my work. So that would just be a simple thing that you could do that would be a real gift to me. And finally, uh, we're approaching this summer. And I've been banging this gong all season. I I just want to close to just ask you in mid-May, if you're listening to this kind of in real time in mid-May, what are your plans for this summer that are different than last summer? You know, in some ways, COVID, one of the gifts COVID gave us is it did make us less productive. It did give us more downtime. And I know one of the things that took from us is community. Like the isolation was really tough with COVID. But I'm going to invite you to take an hour or two this week and really plan out what you want this summer to be for your emotional and spiritual health. And obviously, famously, the life-giving list is one of the go-to tools we use. In MLA. Uh, so maybe the life giving list is what you'll do. But I'm even thinking, how can you have a sabbatical without having a sabbatical? In other words, you know, you may not be in a position to take three months off. That might not be a, an option for you. But do you have a stop doing list? Do you have a life giving list? And as I've been teaching the life giving list now for a couple of years, what I find is almost 100% of the rooms I'm in are nodding their head when I teach the life giving list. And about 15 to 20% of that room actually take the time to make one. And then once they've made one, I don't know yet what the percentage is, but it's a lower percentage that actually calendar life-giving activities and people. So here's my closing challenge for you as summer is coming. Summer is an opportunity for you to dig deeper and do more work on soul health, emotional health and spiritual and physical health. And it's not going to happen by accident. No one's going to run your soul care for you. You are the one that is responsible to carve out an enjoyable life with God. That's one of not only your job, but your great joy, that you actually are the one that's responsible for your enjoyment of God. And my experience with ministry is that ministry can get in the way more than anything else of that endeavor. So it just means you have to be more intentional. You have to work harder at it. And, and folks, as somebody who has been intentional about this for a long time now, there's really no words I can use to describe how, how worthwhile it is. So here's my challenge as we wrap up. This week, would you calendar time to plan your summer? What's on your stop doing list? What's on your start doing because it's fun, not because it's ministry list? Who are your life-giving people? What are your life-giving activities? If you've maybe started a life-giving list and you have, you know, maybe 20 or 30 things, listen, I don't mean to make this competitive, but I'm almost over a hundred different things now, people, places, and activities. And when you have a hundred things to choose from, your gratitude and awareness of God's presence just goes through the roof because I'm running into the goodness of God everywhere. All right, that's just my close for you guys. I just want to congratulate you you made it. We're almost to the end of the most intense part of the COVID experience. We're coming into a fresh summer and uh, you are clothed. You're in your right mind. That's something to celebrate. Uh, But what if you really take some hard lessons and figure out what you want to do differently this summer? Thanks so much for listening. Uh, The MLA community is precious to me. That means that you are precious to me as well. Uh, I'm not really a very big deal. So I'm very easy to find. Steve at stevecusswords.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your experience with my tools or with this podcast. I'm also, the best place to interact with me is on Twitter, at Cusswords. So reach out, let's chat. And I look forward to seeing you again or or bumping into you when we launch the next season in August. Thanks, everyone. For more resources, visit Stevecusswords.com or missyoualliance.org.